the Holy Family Chapel Hill podcast, where you will find our weekly sermons, as well as the occasional reflection, conversation, or interview. We are glad you are here. Welcome. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Last Sunday on the front page of the New York Times, I read an essay in which the author stated, I do not personally believe that the physical embodiment of God was born in a Bethlehem stable announced by a choir of the heavenly host any more than I believe in Santa Claus. I do, not Santa Claus, mind you, but Jesus. I do believe that the physical embodiment of God was born in a Bethlehem stable announced by a choir of the heavenly host. I believe the truth of that matters ultimately. And I keep thinking about that. Why do I believe something that is, on the face of it, preposterous? Why is this something that is so this is something that is so central and compelling for me that I have staked my life on it? While for the author of that essay, it's something so absurd it can be dismissed offhandedly on the front page of the New York Times. For the record, I don't feel threatened by his take so much as saddened. After all, if it's true, it's true. And what I believe or what he doesn't believe isn't relevant. But still. I don't know that it's possible to talk anyone into believing in the truth of Jesus or of what God is up to in Jesus. And that, in fact, is the point of Jesus. In the incarnation, it's as if God has said, enough with the talking and explaining here. And to give our Times author his due, absurdity is built into the story. Take, for instance, what the angel announces to the befuddled shepherds. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. This is absurd. It's a conversation between a heavenly being all lit up in glory and people who live out in the fields with their animals, guarding those animals in the dark. And then there's what the angel says. There is a huge gulf between the immensity of good news, of great joy for all the people, and the finite smallness of a child lying in a manger. A baby lying in a feeding trough is great joy for all people. It makes no sense. It is absurd. And also to you. 
The angel says to shepherds who did not look like Linus with a blanket on his head, but like dirty, scruffy outcast, to you is born this day a Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. To you. To you, O oh rejected and despised shepherds, to you, all people of the whole world, to you, you people who are captivated by power and greed and selfishness, to you who are lost or lonely or left out, to you who are delighted and comfortable, to you who are sad, and you who are terrified or oppressed or in danger, to all of you is born hope and love and a tenderness that will never let you go. Of course it is absurd. It is nuts that the one we confess as almighty, creator of all things seen and unseen, the one who stands outside time and creation, has become an actual human baby. The ancient of days has become an infant, says John Chrysostom. And this seems such a stretch as to make us think that hmm, yes, this must be a fairy tale we have invented to comfort ourselves. And that might be true. If the story begun this night ended any other way than it does, if this birth ended in something besides that death, and that is perhaps the piece that our Times author is missing. This is not a cute or a sentimental story. This is a story about who God is and how God chooses to reveal God's self. Who is God? The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Who is God? A newborn who can't quite get those eyes open, who cannot even hold up his own head. Who is God? A man nailed to a cross and left to die. And why? Because this is how God tells us what God thinks of our human life. It may be a mess. We are a mess. It may be disfigured by terrible suffering and injustice and war and neglect and sheer idiocy. But this life, this world is still astonishingly beautiful. It is still worthy of endless respect and delight and wonder and cherishing. So much so that God, God's self, enters in. This story, this night, this child, tell us what we need to know about God. God is the one who created us for love's sake, who for love's sake will not let us go. If only we have faith in God, says the poet, we shall be permitted to realize all that love is intended to be. This story, this night, this child tell us what we need to know about ourselves. We are, all of us, without exception, worthy. We are, all of us, without exception, beloved. We can, therefore, lay down our defensiveness, anxiety, hatred, tribalism, and fear we can live lives shaped entirely by love. Because God is with us, that is actually possible. We can trust that we are never alone in this, but always held and accompanied by the one who so loved the world, he gave himself for and to us. 
You shall be called sought out, testifies the prophet Isaiah, and that is what this night is about. And yes, it is absurd, but it is also beautiful and wondrous and true. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find out more about the Church of the Holy Family at holyfamilychapelhill.org. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week. Peace be with you.